All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 194, and today we are talking about books being released on February 5th, 2019, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Kelly Jensen, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Kelly, hello. Hello. This is your first time on the show. It is. I'm really excited. Excellent. Would you mind telling listeners what you do at Book Riot? Sure. I am an editor at Book Riot, and generally you can find me uh, writing the twice-weekly newsletter, What's Up in YA, and recording the bi-weekly, as in every other week, uh, podcast, Hey YA, with Eric Sh- Eric Smith. I almost called him Eric Schmidt. I'm like, who is that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and- so, oh, is there more? I, I was just, yeah, I, I do more stuff too, uh, but it's not as like easy to describe. Yeah. People are always like, what do you do? And I'm like, mm, I just say I read books because it's easier than being like <laughs> all these other things. Um, so we are all, we are both recent kitten parents. Yours mm-hmm. has finally grown. Mine are growing super fast. How, how old are yours now? They're 11 weeks. Oh my goodness. Mine is uh, six months now, so he's he's a terror. <laughs> Mine are definitely terrors, too. <laughs> yeah, but they're fine. You know, that's why they're so cute, so, like, you forget, like, how bad mm-hmm. they are immediately. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. What else do we have in common? We were both married in Vegas. Yes. Not to each other, but... Uh, <laughs> it was really fun. It was something I highly recommend if, if people yeah. are considering doing it. It was a great time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it was so great, and it was, like, low stress, no stress, because, like, yeah. somebody else did all the planning for me. I just showed up. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Maybe I'll do it again someday. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about books. Yes. Today, when we, not when we are recording this, which is the week before, but today in book world, it'll be February 5th, and the selections are amazing. I had a they really are. hard time really hard time narrowing it down except for this first one like when I found out Kelly was doing the show I was like okay basically I'll let you have any book that you want to talk about you know I very rarely like put my foot down and say no it's mine and then I was like oh wait except for our first show (laughs) which is (laughs) which is this one it's Bowl Away by Elizabeth McCracken she is my idol very recently I find it strange to say that people are things that perhaps they might not want to be Like, you're my idol. You're my favorite. Like, I just find it very odd all of a sudden. But I just love her. Uh, Her her first novel, The Giant's House, or excuse me, her second novel, The Giant's House, uh, is just one of the most perfect books I've ever read. She's just amazing. And I'm so excited about this new one. It takes place in Massachusetts. It's the early 1900s. Someone finds an unconscious woman in the snow in a graveyard. She's only, she only has a bowling ball, a candle pin, and 15 pounds of gold on her. And she do- and she's revived, and she doesn't talk about where she came from. Her name is Bertha, and she doesn't really talk about where she came from. Like, no one knows anything about her. She ends up marrying the doctor who found her, or who revived her, and she settles into this life in this town. Uh, and then she hits a deer with her car, she meets Samuel Jackson, and she kills a bunch of people. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, no, she settles in, she opens a bowling alley, like you do, and she becomes a respected citizen, and people go there, and it's like this community place, and uh, it changes, you know, as the as the years go by, it changes to, like, fit the community and the people in it, and it's this big, sprawling novel about family and community and love and loss. Um, no spoilers here, it's in the description. Eventually, Bertha dies, 
and a man arrives claiming to be her son, which would make him heir to the bowling alley. But, like, I was saying, it's really more about the characters and the family, the people uh, that go there, surrounding the alley. We get to hear their stories, um, and the very, like, as the town changes. And Elizabeth McCracken is such an incredible writer. She just drops these sentences that make me need to sit down if I wasn't already sitting down. Like, if I could sit more down, I would, because her writing is just breathtaking. And I love her stuff. I mean, aside from, like, some of her short stories, everything is, like, pretty plausible with just, like, this little quirky twist to it, and she's just incredible. Um, also out today is a reissue of Here's Your Hat, What's Your Hurry, which is her first story collection, which I also recommend. And so, like, today, I'm going to call today Elizabeth McCracken Day. Uh, so this book is Bowl Away by Elizabeth McCracken, and it's amazing. I don't know if you can call it Elizabeth McCracken Day when it's also Angie Thomas Day. <gasps> oh, that's right. Okay, I take it back. It's Awesome Maybe, People Day. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a great book day. Um, so I guess, I guess that's a nice lead-in for my first book of uh, February 5th, which is... On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. Uh, it's a compelling and immersive sophomore novel, and I'm so thrilled to say that it doesn't suffer from a sophomore slump. Um, the story follows 16-year-old Bree, who dreams of becoming a rap star, and who um, she gets her break after a battle where she writes this song that captures the attention of rap fans in her community. But she's not sure she wants to release it, and she's also not sure she wants to continue to live in this situation where she's in now um her mom has just lost her job and her brother has uh suspended some of his own dreams so that they can literally survive to keep the power on to get keep food on the table um so so in the grander scheme of things the book is about economic challenges and as well as police surveillance and the treatment of black and brown people so a lot of the themes that were in the hate you give show up here as well but they're explored on an even more micro level i guess is the best way to describe it uh brie the main character is this fabulous and fully rendered character who is really really funny like she's obsessed with fandoms and she's obsessed with tweety and she isn't afraid to um like broadcast this at school to anybody um and she's also challenging because she's at times super frustrating in the way that only teenagers can be frustrating uh there's a light romance throughout the novel and it feels really well earned like it's one of those romances that as it's evolving makes perfect sense throughout the story and um it's just part of Bree's story same with her um, angle on becoming a burgeoning rap star. Same with this idea of um, growing up without a father because he was killed. Um, and growing up with a mother who has previously struggled with addiction. Uh, these are all pieces of who Brie is. And um, they don't define who she is, but they make up the bigger part of what her journey looks like. Um, as I was reading this, I was like, man, this is such a great book. Uh, when I finished it, I thought I might have liked it a little bit more than The Hate You Give, which, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, it's one of those books that, like, I'm so eager to see how people feel about it because I think they're going to be really pleasantly surprised. Um, not that anybody's expecting it to be not good, but it's one of those, like, how does somebody follow up a debut that has been such a blockbuster? Um I, I would say that On the Come Up is 
the right book to follow it up. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I am going to tell you about our first sponsor today. Today's episode is sponsored in part by I Am Yours, a shared memoir by Rima Zaman. To speak is a revolution. I Am Yours tells of Rima's unwavering fight to free her voice from those who have sought to silence her. Moving from Bangladesh to Thailand, New York, and Oregon, it explores her struggles with racism, misogyny, abuse, and anorexia in incisive, poetic prose. I Am Yours is the first English-language memoir by a woman from Bangladesh that so powerfully explores the intersection of personal and political for the sake of creating a world where all voices are welcome and respected. Because we're in this together, you are mine and I am yours. The sister book to Cheryl Strades Wilde and Glennon Doyle's Love Warrior, I Am Yours is a spiritual guide for all of us recovering from trauma and reclaiming the power of our voices. In the wake of Me Too and the blue wave of the 2018 midterm elections, I Am Yours is the vital story of one immigrant woman of color's journey of self-empowerment. So that is I Am Yours, a shared memoir by Rima Zaman, out from Amberjack Publishing now, and we thank them for sponsoring. So, speaking of powerful books, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm so excited about this next one. It is Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. I can't actually believe it's out. It was like a year ago they were teasing it. They said, Marlon James has a new book coming. It's a fantasy. It's like Game of Thrones in Africa, and everyone lost their minds. And now, a year later, it is here. You can read it. It's incredible. It's about a man named Tracker. He is called Tracker because he can find anyone, dead or alive. So people commission him to look for missing people. So he is commissioned to look for a boy who disappeared three years ago. Now, Tracker normally works alone, but he finds out that there are others who are looking for this boy, and he kind of teams up, and they go from city to city looking for the kid, and they encounter magic and mythical creatures, witches and giants and shapeshifters. Eventually, the group kind of gets divided um, they're not sure who they can trust anymore, and he's beginning to think this is a whole lot of trouble, and why is he doing this? It is an incredible entry into the Dark Star trilogy, because yes, it's a trilogy, there are two more coming. Uh, it's also extremely violent. I mean, the book opens with Tracker, he's in a cell, having just killed several men who came at him, the other cellmates. They're all gone now. Um, it has graphic depictions of violence, abuse of children... Uh, just It's just dark AF, so you should skip it if you'd prefer not to read those things. But the world building is jaw-dropping, and Marlon James is such an outstanding writer. I mean, he wrote the Brief History of Seven, A Brief History of Seven Killings, uh, which won the Man Booker. I mean, he's just, he's a serious writer, and this is a fantastic book. I was so into it. So that is Black Leopard, Red Wolf, and it's by Marlon James. I am so, like, I've listened to so many rave reviews of that, and I feel like I've been listening to these rave reviews for a year. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things, it's like, oh, it's finally here. You know, now, yeah, yeah. Um, so my next pick is Fraternity, an inside look at a year of college boys becoming men by Alexandra Robbins. Um, so what listeners might not know about me is that in addition to reading YA, I read a lot of adult nonfiction. So, like, getting the chance to talk about some of that is sort of cool. And this is one that, as soon as I saw it was coming out today, I was like, oh, I have to read this because I have to talk about it. Um, so, Robbins does some of my favorite nonfiction. It's narrative and investigative, digging into big topics on a micro and on a macro level. So, um, what I appreciated about Fraternity is that she goes in 
wanting to see both sides of the coin when it comes to um, white male Greek life. And she is very clear in making uh, the point that her commentary is specific to white male Greek life. She talks about some of the, um, the Greek life that focuses on people of color, but she doesn't group them together. So um, in this book, we see why um, Greek life is appealing, and we see it through the perspective of two fraternity members who attend different schools and are in different fraternities. And we see firsthand why it's not appealing through those same two boys and for very, very different reasons. So rather than trying to pull the narrative in a specific way, Robbins allows the story to flow from these two boys' perspectives, and she weaves together the nuances and considerations uh, to think about from outside these experiences. So it's not cherry-picking. It's a really thoughtful analysis and critique. Um, what I loved about this book, she, she wrote a book a few years back called Pledge that looked at sorority life, and this is sort of the companion piece that looks at fraternity life. And in this book, she really digs into toxic masculinity and about the struggles for uh, men and young adults to fit in and to become something that they see in the media. So she's really smart here in how she highlights race and how she points out the way that Greek life is very white and very straight and what that does and doesn't say about masculinity and about uh, our culture, especially college culture at large. Um, for readers who read Pledge, this is a great next read. It's also kind of neat to read this one having read her uh, book that came out even before Pledge called Secrets of the Tomb, which is about the Skull and Bone Society, the uh, secret societies that are at some of the really, really elite universities throughout the U.S. Um, this book is just really, really great. Um, for readers who are fascinated with Greek life, for readers who are fascinated with like college societies, um, I was in a sorority for a short period of time in college, so um, I, I don't know. I just find these stories to be really interesting because Greek life on my teeny tiny little college campus of 1,200 people was very different than in a like actual school, not in the middle of Iowa. You know? um, and that is Fraternity, an inside look at a year of college boys becoming men by Alexandra Robbins. All right. My next pick is The Lost Man by Jane Harper. It is a very intense mystery set in Outback of Australia. It's about three brothers. And Cameron, the middle brother, he's dead. He has been found dead lying next to the Stockman's grave. The Stockman's grave is the grave of someone... It's so old, like, it's unknown who is buried there. It's just kind of a local landmark they live in this very bleak, hot area of Australia, and it's just so dangerous. You have to go out with a fully stocked car and have all this water, because if you break down, you could die, and you have to tell people where you're going, and if you don't report back by a certain time, they have to come looking for you, because, again, it's like a million degrees. And so his brother is out. They're all, all the brothers are farmers, and his brother goes out, and he doesn't come back, and they find him laying dead next to this grave, and... People are like, well, he's been acting kind of weird, and we think he did this intentionally, but because his car is fully stocked. Like, they find his car farther down the road. It's full of water. He has all the stuff that he needs. His radio is working, so they don't understand how he, how he got there. So the police are like, well, he obviously intentionally did this. Um, and, like, and, like, this is just... I, I, reading this book, I was just like, 
I can't believe people live like this. This is amazing. Uh, so his older brother is Nathan, and Nathan is unconvinced that Cameron did this on purpose. He thinks something happened to him. And he, Cameron was living with his family in their hometown. Uh, Nathan lived on a farm miles away. Like, he was the, their closest neighbor, but he's, like, miles away because he is sort of like the town pariah. He did something years earlier that got him ostracized by the very few people who live in town. Uh, so he goes to stay at the family home with his mom and Cameron's wife and the two people who are helping work the farm and then the farmhand who has lived with them for many, many years. And so if he did not intentionally lay out there in the sun, then there are very few suspects nearby who could have done something bad to him. And so Nathan's trying to figure out what it is. I, it, I this book almost gave me a panic attack. I mean, it's so intense in the description of the, like, the atmosphere and the land. It's practically its own character. I mean, I was just, like, completely amazed by how people live out there, because I'm assuming this is very realistic. Um, and so it's just so intense. Uh, I loved it. Um, there are discussions of sexual assault, so I want to warn readers of that if you pick this up. But Jane Harper, she wrote The Dry, she wrote Force of Nature. She is herself a force of nature when it comes to mystery writing. I loved this book. It's called The Lost Man. When you were reading that, all I could think about was life right now in the Midwest where it's like negative <laughs> 25 degrees and to go outside, like you have to be completely wrapped up and you have to take like literally anything you might need to survive if you break down. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like the opposite. Yep. 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 So I believe that to be a real thing. Um, should I hit our next sponsor? I'm going to hit our next you sponsor. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, TBR is our next sponsor. TBR is Book Riot's new subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Been dreaming of a stitch fix for books? Now it's here. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email so there's an option for every budget. Sign up only takes a few minutes. Answer a couple questions about what you like to read and what you're looking for. Link up to your Goodreads profile if you have one, and you're done. TBR subscribers are matched to bibliologists based on their requests. Love thrillers and want to read more romance? Looking for poetry by writers of color and maybe also some space opera? We've got someone who knows just what to choose for you. Each TBR delivery contains three titles in the recommendations only level or three new hardcovers and you'll receive a new shipment every three months. Give your bibliologist feedback, update your requests to stay in line with your reading goals and expanding horizons, and basically have your own personal book concierge. Recommendations only is $15 a quarter or $49 a year. Hardcovers are $75 a quarter plus $4.79 shipping. Annual subscribers receive free shipping. Recommendations only is available worldwide. Hardcovers are available in the U.S. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co, so it's .com without the M. And thanks to TBR for sponsoring today's podcast. Awesome. Now tell me another book. I am. I'm going to tell you about a book called New Kid by Jerry Craft. 
It is a graphic novel, and a really cool thing about this book is it's hitting shelves in paperback and in hardcover simultaneously, which is, like, my favorite thing, because that means if you uh, want, like, the nice hardcover, you can get that, but also, um, this is a middle grade book, so I think about, like, middle grade kids wanting to read it and not having a lot of money, they can pick up the paperback. Uh, it's perfect. So, uh, this is a middle grade graphic novel about not only being the new kid at a new school, but the ways that privilege, bias, and racism, both the overt kind and the subtle kind, play out. Uh, Jordan is the main character, and he attends a wealthy school on financial aid, and he's one of the few kids of color there. So um, he experiences incredible micro and macro aggressions, and since he's a light-skinned black boy, he sees racism play out in a variety of horrifying ways that he doesn't necessarily experience firsthand. Uh, the art in this book is fantastic, and the um, artist and author Jerry Craft adds all these really cool pop culture references in the book in really fun and funny ways. So, like, the chapters each reference movies in some capacity and puts Jordan into it. So, um, chapter titles, like, reference The Hunger Games, and they referenced West Side Story, they referenced Fight Club, um, and then throughout... The graphic novel we get these narrative panels that are from Jordan's own art because um, Jordan is an artist himself and so we get to see some of his internal experiences through that art in a way that we wouldn't if this were just told from that third person uh, perspective one of the things that I really really loved in this graphic novel is this moment where Jordan is forced to sit with uh, the quote-unquote weird puppet girl now, I, I don't know about you, but in middle school, like, there was that one kid who was just so weird uh, that, like, you couldn't make sense of them at all. Um, and so Weird Puppet Girl is that girl. Jordan and all of his friends and even the people who um, he's not friends with that he experiences problems with, they all can't figure out why this girl wears a puppet on her hand. Like, she's 12. She should be over puppets. Um but in this moment where he's forced to sit with her, he starts to understand that uh, there's a reason she wears this puppet on her hand. And it's this moment that he has his own reckoning with being judgmental and with biases. And um, it's just it's really moving and really powerful and uh, really not only sort of gives Jordan perspective about his own experiences, but then as readers, we sort of get that aha moment about what Jordan himself experiences from those around him. It's a really smart book for middle grade readers and anyone who likes a good graphic novel. Um, it reminded me of uh, Raina Telgemeier, so it would be perfect for anybody who loves her book, uh, her books, and that is New Kid by Jerry Craft. All right. Now for something completely different. <laughs> I have The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides. It's about a woman named Alicia. She seems to have the perfect life. Uh, she's a very famous painter. Her husband is a famous fashion photographer. They're admired. They're well off. And so one night, her husband returns home late, and she kills him. Why did she do it? No one knows. The motive is unknown, because Alicia never speaks another word. She is now a patient at The Grove, which is a secure facility, in London, she's hidden away from the prying eyes of the tabloid people, and her paintings are going for, like, bazillions of dollars because people are weird like that, trophy hunters looking for a painting by a killer. Uh, so six years goes by, and a criminal psychotherapist named Theo 
thinks that he can get her to talk. He applies for the position to counsel her and is accepted. Uh, so he is determined to get her to talk, so much so that it becomes an obsession that threatens to ruin his life. Um, on the way to the ending of the book, we get to read snippets of Alicia's diary, you know, and hear little bits about her life told through Theo. Um, and then there's a shocking reveal! So I really enjoyed it. I read a lot of thrillers for work, and I think I don't enjoy as many of them simply for that reason. It's like I've seen it before, like, oh, the brother is really a robot, the raccoon used a fake ID, stuff like that. It's like, oh, I've, I've heard this before. So, like, for me to be like, I enjoyed that thriller is a big deal, like, for me. So I enjoyed it. It's really good. And it's called The Silent Patient. It's by Alex Michaelides. My next one is totally different from that, too. And it is Brave, Not Perfect, Fear Less, Fail More, and Live Bolder by Reshma Sajani. Uh, so I love self-help books and, like, personal development books, uh, but rarely do I find one that, like, does a lot of things that I really appreciate or, like, find great value in that I want to tell everybody about it. This book is one that does. Um, it, it looks at the way that men and women are cued to behave differently. So um, sort of as, as a general, what she talks about is how women are encouraged to be perfect and when they can't do something in a way that it can be done perfectly, they're subtly and overtly told not to bother trying. Uh, so that leads then to women not trying new things or not developing their bravery muscles. So she offers up some of the ways that women can try to be brave and to practice and integrate bravery into their everyday life while breaking away from these preconceived ideas of what it means to be perfect and why women have to be perfect. Um, it's a short book. It's like 200 pages. And um, it was based off of a TED Talk that she gave. So she is the founder of Girls Who Code. She um, unsuccessfully ran for political office. And that was sort of the moment where she realized she needed to talk about this idea of perfection and this idea of being brave. Um, but I, I bring bring that up because this book doesn't read like it's taken from a TED Talk. It actually is fully explored. It's well-written. Um, and it offers up really powerful insights and tons of science and social science research right in the book. The voice is excellent. It's encouraging. And it was um, a really great reminder as I was reading it to not shut up in instances where speaking out or speaking up would be of tremendous value. I read it before I went to a... Uh, weekend retreat and generally like I'm that student who doesn't ask a lot of questions but I was thinking about her book the whole weekend and all I did was ask questions all weekend and thought to myself like I, I needed to do this like I don't care if I look dumb asking this question like it's a benefit to me um, so it was really cool to like read it and then be able to uh, implement some of those things right away um, it's great for readers who like Brene Brown or who've read Drop the Ball and like that um, and for any reader who is super tired of cis white dudes getting to lead like these, you know, self-help personal development books, um, Sujani is a woman of color and her background is um, really, really important in how she frames the whole the whole book. Um, and that is Brave, Not Perfect, Fear Less, Fail More and Live Bolder by Rishma Sujani. Okay. Congratulations. You survived your first All the Books episode. Um, so those are our new books. What are you going to read next? 
I am currently reading um, Bent Heavens by Daniel Krauss, which is a, um, he's my favorite horror writer writing in YA right now. But this is a uh, book about aliens, so I'm super excited. Scary aliens? What's that? Are they scary aliens? Uh, Yeah. What are you reading next? Um, well, once we finish, I am about to start The Starless Sea by Erin Morgenstern. Ooh. Yeah, I could not be more excited. Um, So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, listeners, I will have finished it and loved it and we'll be talking about it nonstop until it comes out. (laughs) So very excited. Um, So that's it for today. Thank you to our sponsors. I am yours, a shared memoir by Rima Zaman from Amberjack Publishing. And to mytbr.co, you can go to there to sign up for TBR subscriptions. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find us on Twitter. I am Miss Liberty. Kelly is Veronica Kelly Mars. That's B-E-R-O-N-I-K-E-L-L-Y-M-A-R-S. If you would like to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts to leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.